Welcome to the podcast of the Global Mobility Project at Ohio State University. My name is Theodora Dragostinova. I'm a professor of Eastern European history. The Global Mobility Project integrates the insights of the arts, humanities, and social sciences to facilitate a conversation on how local culture and individual decision-making inform and reflect the complex global forces behind mobility. During 2016-2017 academic year, we are hosting a series of lectures on the topic Immigrants and Refugees, Comparative Experiences. Today's speaker is Professor Peter Gattro from the University of Manchester, United Kingdom. At OSU, he gave a talk on Refugees in Modern History, a European Perspective. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. A world without borders seemed certain with the end of the Cold War. Yet today, there are more than 65 million refugees and 250 million migrants worldwide. What is the role of the humanities and arts in addressing this global challenge? I'd like to begin by saying that, as a historian, what concerns me most is the contribution that historians can make to understanding and making people aware of what you describe as the current challenge. That is to say, how is it that we've reached the situation in which we find ourselves and refugees find themselves today? But also to think not just of refugees as people on the move, but of the broader environment, if you like, in which refugees find themselves. So what kind of policies are they subjected to? And from a historian's point of view, what has determined that certain kinds of policies have been adopted? And if you look at the historical record, why policies were adopted and others were canvassed but rejected. In other words, that the situation in which refugees find themselves is not necessarily the only outcome that was possible. And as a historian, you can see these alternative scenarios being played out. Um, the other thing I, I'd want to say about history is that the way in which the current challenge or the current refugee crisis is talked about all too easily suggests that it's unprecedented. And once people start talking about unprecedented crises, the historian in me begins to say, wait a minute, have we been here before? And once you start thinking along those lines, you can begin to understand how, for example, in the wake of the two world wars in the 20th century, so in the 1920s and the 1940s and early 1950s, or, for example, after the breakup of Yugoslavia, there are many instances in which huge numbers of people were on the move. Arguably, globally, in the aftermath of the Second World War, there were many more people on the move than there are in today's world. So how do we understand those movements of people? How do we understand the implications of those great changes? Is the responsibility of the historian but when you ask about arts and humanities, of course, you also begin to think about the ways in which refugees have acted and have expressed themselves. Refugees may be historians of their own displacement, but refugees are also very creative, imaginative, and often powerful vectors, as it were, for expressing through cultural form, through song or through photography, a sense of what their own predicament means to themselves. So I think more broadly, arts and humanities remind us that refugees are, are human beings after all and, and express themselves and 
not just as people with needs, but people with capabilities and ambitions and aspirations. Well, thank you for reminding us that there are always multiple perspectives on the same story and that these stories also have to be examined in their historical context. I wanted to ask you also, from a historical perspective, there are always complex reasons why people are on the move, from economic insecurity to war and persecution to environmental changes and disasters. Based on your own research, what motivates someone to leave home? The motives are, of course, many and varied, You mention war and violence, and obviously there are countless instances, not just in the two world wars, but in other conflict situations as well, that have propelled people to search for a place of of safety. But I think there are many other forces and, and factors at work here. I think, for example, of the ways in which the formation of new states, which is obviously a crucial component of what happens after both world wars, the end of empires, the formation of new states in Europe, decolonization and the end of empire at the end of the Second World War, which create refugee situations, people who are either no longer welcome or are made to feel unwelcome, or where the political configuration may take the form of a revolution and revolutionary opponents search for a a place in which they find life more conducive. I think one also has to take into account that states act deliberately and diplomats are also sometimes complicit in making people into refugees. If you give you a couple of examples of that, in the 1920s, there was a, a major population transfer between Greece and Turkey. There were other transfers as well, but that was the biggest one, which was a result of a diplomatic agreement, of an international agreement to exchange people, but the net effect of this was to turn Greeks and Turks who moved to their respective countries into refugees. There was a crisis of displacement, if you like. And after the Second World War, a huge expulsion of ethnic Germans from countries primarily Poland and Czechoslovakia, the so-called expellees, and these created refugee-like situations which were not directly the result of war, but an attempt to prevent future conflicts. So preventive or prophylactic displacement can also be a factor here as well. But then you also ask, I think, about what it means to become homeless, to leave home. And here I think we have to be very cautious because it's very easy to fall into the trap of assuming that people who are forced from their homes necessarily and always experience that as traumatic. Now, I don't want to be misunderstood. I've absolutely no doubt that in many instances, that is a kind of rupture that can be described as deeply troubling, unsettling, and if you like, traumatic. But at the same time, I think one also has to allow for the possibility that leaving home can also be a kind of liberation, that there are various sorts of constraints And one sees this in relation to the experience, particularly of women who've been displaced, that there may be situations of, if you like, patriarchal control, which are constraints or bonds that may be broken or lessened by the fact of displacement. 
So I don't want to romanticise this, but I do want to insist that one should not foreclose a discussion or disallow the possibility that moving home can open up possibilities as well as unforeseen negative consequences. I actually agree with you that there are many meanings to home from many different perspectives, again, including the opinion of the host population, which can often welcome newcomers, depending on context, even though today in uh, the context of Western Europe and the United States, there are all these figures of cultural incompatibility in terms of the arrival of newcomers. Nevertheless, we have plenty of historical examples of successful creation of new homes of various populations. So I wanted to ask you on that note, what does it take to accept newcomers? What are some of the requirements for a successful integration of new populations who are trying to make a new home? I think I'd like to step back a moment and and see this in two respects. One is the issue that you ask about, which is so to say, making a new home. And I'll say something about this in a moment. But there's another dimension too, which is the vexed question of repatriation, because repatriation is trumpeted by international organisations and NGOs as one of the so-called durable solutions to refugee situations. Repatriation means returning to one's home. But of course, returning to one's home often means returning to a place that has changed, where people may have endured occupation and other forms of violence, and feel a strong sense of resentment towards those who fled or were forced out and who now return to their home. And there are examples, I've come across interesting examples, for example, in Bosnia after the war in former Yugoslavia, where Bosnian Muslim refugees returned from Western Europe And their neighbours say, well, you had it easy. You enjoyed the opportunity to make a reasonable living for yourself in Germany or wherever it might be. And look at us. We're still impoverished. We suffered throughout the war. And so your homecoming is something that we rather resent. As far as the other thing that you ask about, the notion of integration is very problematic because immediately... I think anyone who confronts the term integration has to ask him or herself, integration on whose terms? Is integration a form of accepting people for whom they are, for the qualities and capacities that they bring with them? Or is it about someone who's made, as it were, to conform or to fit into a dominant social, cultural, political context? So I think where I approach the question is by starting with the assumption that it's important for refugees or asylum seekers who are trying to establish a life for themselves in a new home, what are the resources on which they can draw? And resources, to me at least, suggest not just economic material resources, but also what one might describe as social and cultural capital. And to refuse to recognise that refugees have that kind of capital on which to draw is ridiculous from the point of view of the host country because it's denying everything that might make the lives of refugees easier but might make the situation of the host population also a better one. And again, if we adopt the historical perspective, we see that historically integration has always been a two-way process. Certainly it has. 
Well, thank you so much for reminding us that there are multiple meanings to all of these loaded terms and for putting them in such a nuanced historical perspective. Thank you so much.